0: everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 252 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today, we're talking all about coaching. We're talking, what is coaching? I got this question this week and I thought, you know what? That's a really good idea for an episode because coaching is more than teaching. It's more than making a plan. It's more than accountability. It's more than cheerleading. A good coach can completely change the way that you look at running and your life.
1: This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: All right. So today we are so excited. So if you guys are listening to this episode on the day it's released, which is Thursday, May 19th, the doors for the Real Life Runners Training Academy are still open. So go over there right now, hit pause on the podcast and go check it out at real life runners.com forward slash academy. Okay. Cause the doors close tonight, um, May 19th at midnight Eastern time. And I don't want you to miss it if it's something that you're interested in. So today what we want to do on the podcast, we want to talk about the concept of coaching. What is coaching, right? Because this is something that I think a lot of people actually get wrong. People don't really know what a coach does, what a coach, what a coach's job is, what they can expect out of a coaching relationship. And today we kind of want to get clear on like some things that people might think coaching is and what we believe coaching is because quite honestly, we coach a little bit different than some other coaches out there.
1: I mean, I think your background in in coaching is either like whatever sport you may have played when you were a kid and coaching kids is a little different usually than coaching adults, Yeah, Um, especially depending on what age you're used to, what sport you're involved in. Like I've listened to like football coaches at our school. They definitely coach differently than when we coach cross country.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Well, And and also the way that we would coach our current clients, like, you know, we're not the kind of coaches and this is just not who Kevin and I are anyway, but like, you know, the football coaches are like screaming at their players and like, you know, making them do crazy things. And that's not how we coach our cross country team at all. Or obviously our our um, current coaching clients in the program. But you know how much of that is the sport, right? Like there is something to be said of like you know coaching different sports differently um and then i I think it's just a lot of us though too, you know just of like who we are as coaches, and that's kind of what we want to talk a little bit about today because there are different types of coaches, and I'm actually glad that you brought this up, kev, because a lot of us haven't had an experience with a coach since we were young, right, and yep. since we were maybe. 10 years old, right? Playing baseball or something like that. Like if you played sports as a kid, you know, uh, you obviously had a coach. And so having a coach as a kid playing sports is much different than hiring a coach now as an adult to help you with one area of your life. And this is one of the things that I think is really cool is that coaches are be- becoming more and more, um, available, in tons of different areas of our life, right? So we obviously help runners and we coach runners, but what we do is kind of a combination of performance coaching, like actually helping you with your running and then also life coaching. And there's a lot of coaches out there that help coach. There's life coaches and there's business coaches and there's health coaches and there's all sorts of coaches that are available now for people to invest in and to hire. And so let's talk a little bit about, you know, what coaching is in general.
1: Right. So I think, uh, honestly, a a good way to start of this is to highlight some things that coaching is not actually. Um, and it's one of the things that people get wrong with, with teaching also like a coach is not simply there to take all the knowledge in their brain and shove it into your brain. Like that's not their primary responsibility. There is going to be some of that. Like there's definitely going to be some sharing of knowledge from one person passing it on to the other, but that's not like their primary function. That's not like the pure goal is not just take knowledge and give it to another person so that that person can spit knowledge back. Like that's not really, it's not quality teaching. It's not really quality coaching either.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, knowledge is a big component, right? And so if you were to hire a coach in any realm of your life, you know, you would expect that coach to have more knowledge than you, I think, you know, over that subject area, right? So let's just say you wanted to hire a business coach. You would expect that person to have business knowledge that they could impart to you, right? And that is part of it for sure. Knowledge is part of it. So for us as running coaches, we have a lot of knowledge about running and we also have a lot of knowledge about the body. Like my history as a physical therapist and my 15 years of clinical practice give me a ton of knowledge on the body mechanics, how the body works, how our bodies adapt, you know, physically to things, physiologically to things. Um, And then there's a huge side of like the mental side of things as well, that we have gained a lot of knowledge on through coaching, through research and reading and tons of the things that we've done. So there is a huge knowledge component, right? And and it is important for your coach to have knowledge, right? Like you don't want to just it's the difference between like, you know, if you were to go to a surgeon and for, say, you needed like a knee replacement, you could go to the brand new med school grad that's never done a knee replacement before. And and that person might want to, char- maybe that person even charges you a little less, right? Or you can choose the orthopedic surgeon that's done 10,000 knee replacements. Which one would you rather go to, right? They both have similar trainings, right? I mean, like that base level of training, but the one that has more experience has had 10,000 hours in surgery, actually doing the thing, you'd probably be willing to invest more in that person versus the brand new grad.
1: Yeah, the other thing that uh, if... and and I may go even opposite on this one. If you've got that surgeon who has all the experience and you walk in, you're going to do like a pre-surgery consult and they're just throwing out tons of different anatomy terms and all sorts of things. If they're just trying to make themselves sound smart, like I could rattle off all sorts of running stuff about like, you know, VO two max and your aerobic capacity and your anaerobic threshold and lactate this. Okay, cool. But if you, as the athlete, have no idea what that means, that's really just me trying to show off vocabulary words. That's yeah. not helping anybody.
0: Totally. So, yeah. And I would even argue, you know, I, I'm just like thinking of my surgeon analogy again, too, of like, you know, there's there's the brand new grad, there's the guy that's been practicing for 30 or 40 years, and then there's the guy in between, right? The guy that's been practicing for like 10 or 15 years. And to me, <laughs> that's like the sweet spot. Like, because a lot of times, the older surgeons, and this is like, I'm not sure how we're going to apply this to coaching quite yet, but like, if you are someone that is looking for a surgeon, this is actually really helpful advice because a lot of times the older surgeons can get kind of set in their ways and and that can apply to coaching as well, right? People that do things long enough kind of get set in their ways. Whereas if you kind of find somebody in that like 10 to 20 year range, it's like they have tons of experience that have helped, that helps them to, refine their craft, but they're still up to date on like the newer things, right? Like a lot of times the new grads are, are like more up to date on things than people that have been practicing for 30 years. You know, I even found this in my PT practice when I was a PT and I would have a student, they would be learning things in PT school that maybe I hadn't read those articles yet. Right. Because they're so, Um, in, when you're in school, you're reading like top of the line research, that's brand new. And like, so they, they have all of this brand new information. So I actually would learn a lot from my students, which was fantastic. Right. But combined with that knowledge, combined with my years of experience and how to actually apply this to my patients, which is what we're going to kind of get into here in a little bit. Um, that's where the difference, you know, becomes with like, when you look at expertise and moving into like that mastery level.
1: Yes, that's all all about moving into mastery. And it's a combination of like physical and mental skills. And often people when they're a little bit younger may have greater physical skills, but they don't yeah. necessarily have the mental experience. Um, this is used often with like quarterbacks in football of you know, the first round draft pick coming out of college may be physically more talented than the guy who's been in the league for 10 years because, you know, he's younger, he hasn't taken as many hits. Yeah. But His ability to move at like an NFL speed of the game, his ability to read the field is just not the same as the guy whose drop back. In an NFL game, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. So, who's actually the better one? And there's a point where you you lose the physical skill so much that now your your mastery starts to deteriorate ever so slightly. But there's there's a point where you basically still have strong physical skills and the the experience. So, yep. um, you know, trying to bring this back into coaching. It, it's not just an imparting of of wisdom. Like there has to be a back and forth between between coach and athlete, or between coach and whatever uh, subject that the coach is trying to help the person in. So from yeah. a running perspective, this isn't just like here's your training plan, do this, because that suggests that there's only the one way to go. With your surgeon analogy, it's like the surgeon that's been doing it over and over and over doesn't necessarily know the latest research so maybe they're still trying to put a, a you know square peg in a round hole and they they get a new athlete there that doesn't quite fit exactly right the same training plan they've been using for year upon year is not necessarily going to fit that new athlete
0: yeah and that's where i think a lot of people um think that like coaches are gurus right like if a coach has been going long enough, like, Oh, that's the guru. Right. Or that, that coach has written books or that coach mm-hmm. has, you know, worked with professional athletes or that coach, blah, 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 right. XYZ people start to see these coaches as gurus. And this is what I think can be kind of damaging, right? Because then what you're essentially like, if you put someone, if you give them a guru status, then you put them on this pedestal that is above you. And then you expect them to just impart knowledge onto you, right? Like take all of their knowledge and years of experience and just infuse that into you. And that's not what coaching is, right? Coaching, like we said, it's not just about teaching information and giving knowledge and just telling you what to do or just giving you a training plan. In reality, if we look at The really wise men, the really wise sages. And you've got, you know, all of these stories and metaphors of like the the wise man, like you know, the the young man traveling to see the wise man, and the the wise man asks always on top of a mountain. Always on top of a mountain, of course, right? And like instead of answering, like he asks, What is the meaning of life? Right. And instead of just answering the wise man actually asks questions right and actually tries to guide the younger seeker to come up with these types of answers on their own right or they help to help them to see things a little bit differently and so that's really what we believe coaching is or what coaching should be coaching is about guiding right it's about asking the right questions it's about helping you to see things differently right Do you know the story about the, uh, the wise man on the mountain (laughs) with that with like the young guy that comes to ask him like, you know, um, to teach me all everything that, you know, and the wise man starts pouring him a cup of tea, you know, this story. Yeah. Yeah. You might be able to tell it better than I can. You're, you're a good storyteller, but basically, and so you can interrupt me at any point in time here, but basically the young man comes to the, the older wise man and says, um, Give me all of your knowledge. I want you to teach me everything that you know. And so the man takes out a a pot of tea and a teacup. And as he's sitting there, the younger man starts telling him all of his accomplishments and all of the books he's read and all of the courses he's taken and all of the information that he's gathered throughout the year. And as he keeps telling the wise man of his accomplishments, the wise man just starts pouring into this cup of tea. And he just keeps pouring and the young man just keeps talking and talking and talking and talking and all. And as the wise man keeps pouring, that teacup just starts overflowing, right? And it just, it's starting to overflow the cup and it's starting to go into the saucer. And now it's starting to pour all over the table that the cup is on. And all of a sudden the young man actually realizes what's going on. And he sees it and he's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Stop pouring, stop pouring. It's spilling everywhere. What are you doing? And the wise man said, you are like this cup, right? If if you don't come to me with an empty cup, there's nothing I can give you, right? If if you are like, a, you have to be an empty cup in order for me to pour my information into you. I totally messed that up. But
1: <laughs> like yeah, but your front of the story was perfect. So the, the back part of you have to be willing tell to tell me the back the part. Knowledge. Like, you have to be open to accepting new knowledge. You have to, yeah. like you said, you have to bring the empty cup. You have to accept that you don't know everything. Right. The young man in the story came announcing all of his credentials. He came filled with knowledge rather than filled with an open heart and open mind to say, mm-hmm. I might not be correct in all of these things. If you're going and seeking advice, be open to what you're currently aware of might in fact be wrong. That's where a coach really comes in because they help point out some things that you may be currently believing that might not actually be true facts. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to hold on so tightly to what you currently believe, you're never actually going to be able to receive the coaching. You're going to get in this like combative back and forth with your coach. You're going to be pushed away by what they're making suggestions towards right. where they're really trying to highlight some things to help bring you to a whole nother level. And you're just pushing back like, mm, no, but I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I've I've done it this way before, and my way is is the correct way. A shorter, a wise man on the mountain story. The guy goes to the wise man and he says, uh, "What's the secret to happiness?" And the wise man says, uh, "Never argue with a fool." And the guy says, "I disagree." And the wise man says, "You're correct." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. I know Kevin's got all these fun like stories and metaphors as like you know from your years of teaching and stuff, which is great. But like, this is, this is such a, an interesting thing, right? Like, and so many of us do this because this is the way that our brains are wired again. Okay. Like we always love going into like the neuroscience here at Real Life Runners. And the way that our brains are wired is that they're constantly looking to confirm What we already know. Okay. It's called confirmation bias. Okay. We have an idea in our head and our brain is constantly looking for evidence to prove those things correct. So if we accept something as a truth, as a belief, and don't even question it, we just keep getting more and more evidence to prove that thing correct. Okay. And as a coach, we see it as our job to start helping you see some of those beliefs, like what Kevin was saying, that may not be serving you. Right. Because your thoughts and beliefs drive your actions and your actions or lack of actions give you the results that you have in your life. So everything starts with the way that you're thinking and believing. So if you have a thought or belief that is not helpful, that could be the reason that you are not having the results that you currently want, right? And that's usually when people start to look for coaching. People want something, they want a certain result, and they maybe have tried on their own to get it and they haven't got been able to achieve that thing yet right or they've felt like you know i've been able to get myself to this level but i want to go to the next level right and that's what coaching can provide coaching can show you and help guide you by asking the right questions by helping you to see things differently it can help you see where you're getting stuck right and a lot of times You're just too close to it to see it, right? It's not that you can't figure this out on your own, but like we are just so wrapped up in our own story, right? And this is one of the things um, we'll talk about later in the episode, but going back to, you know, some of the things that we think like coaching should be a guiding thing, right? But it should also be an empowering relationship, right? Right. We believe that coaches should help you understand and apply the information to get the results that you want, right? Because there's one thing about knowledge, like gaining the knowledge, that's part one. But then, how do you take that knowledge and apply it to you, to your situation, to exactly what's happening in your life right now? There might be an ideal way to train for a half marathon, but maybe that Training plan that you download on the internet says that you need to run five days a week, and you really only have room in your schedule to run four days a week. How do you modify? How do you adjust? How do you apply that to your life?
1: I mean, this this goes so much in, if you want to go specific into running of to improve as a runner, you have to apply a certain amount of stress onto the body. And then you have to make sure that you have enough recovery at it. Like that's really the fundamental underlying thing of how to improve as a runner, put some stress and recover from it so that you build yourself back stronger, whether it's with running longer or running faster or like direct strength work or running up a hill, like whatever it is, you apply a stress and then you recover from it. So you come back stronger. But if your life already has so many stresses on it, if you have a very high stress, just general existence, you can't necessarily put the same physical stresses on it that somebody else can. You know, people's the Strava has made this very interesting because there's a lot of professional runners that post their entire week. And it's like, Oh man, they they had this strength workout and then this speed session. And then they did an afternoon run off of that. And now the big push coming out of Norway is like a tempo session in the morning, followed by a second tempo session in the afternoon. That's great. If your job is running and between the morning and the afternoon session, you got like a catered meal and perhaps took a nap or had like massage built in there. If you've got actual other stresses on your, on your life, that double day might just break you in half. Mm -hmm. Like just because it's the magic thing that is working for some Olympic level athlete does not mean that's going to directly work for anybody else because the stress levels beyond running are totally different from one person to the next.
0: Yeah. And that's really where the application comes in, right? Like learning, understanding like what your life is right now, and then how to apply these things into your life. And, you know, on a little bit of a tangent here, the other thing that you can do, cause you said, this is another thing that I love to do with our, with our clients and the way that I love coaching people is, you know, Kevin, you just said, if your life is just high stress, right. As if that's just The truth of the matter. It's just a Uh circumstance. I just have a stressful life. Right. And so many times people think that, right. Well, I have this job and I have kids and I'm running around and blah, blah, blah. It's just stress. Right. And people think that stress is just, that's the fact my life is stressful. That's a fact. And I'm here to tell you that that is a thought. Okay. You have certain responsibilities in your life that you've chosen that you've signed up for right? You've, you've signed up for that job. You've signed up to be a parent. You've signed up to be whatever it is, right? Those are choices that you've made, but the way that you think about those choices makes all of the difference. So do you actually have a stressful life or can you start thinking about things differently and actually not feel stressed about it? But that goes into a whole another level. But again, this is back going back to guiding, empowering, right? Helping you to make those decisions, right? And essentially I feel like a good coach helps you become the decision maker, helping you understand how to apply this knowledge into your life and then start to question these other things, right? Start questioning these thoughts and beliefs. Are these helpful things for you? Like, this is like, because, like I said, so many times we just look at a situation and we say, here's the facts, right? I have a stressful life. I'm a slow runner. I don't have enough time in my day these are just the facts. And as your coach, like people that we coach, I see it as my job to start helping people question those things. Okay. Is that really true? Right. And that does not mean that I'm sitting here telling you that you're wrong either. Right. I'm not here telling you you're wrong. You have time. We all had the same 24 hours in the day. Like I've (laughs) said that sentence before, right? Like, so I will tell you that, but And and it is true, right? We all have 24 hours in a day, but our lives look very different. The way that we structure our days look very different, right? So it's my job to ask you, is that true for you, right? Is it true that you're busy? Is it true that you can't fit these things in? Is there anywhere else in your life where you can make room for this, you know for that period of time or to make this investment in yourself or whatever like i had we have um you know somebody that signed up for our program she messaged me she was so excited and she said i cut out lattes because i wanted to invest in this program and i was like heck yeah right it's like people that find a way how can we find a way instead of seeing the obstacle can you see options can you see possibilities can you find a way Right. And that's where I think it's, it's our job as coaches to help you just start questioning and looking for other options, looking for a way. Right. And that's not about judging. It's not us telling you that you're wrong because only you can make that decision. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know how you spend your days minute in and minute out out, hourly, what that looks like. You know, and there's a lot of people out there that think that like a coach is going to judge them or, and we're going to get that into that in a second, but let's go into number three, Kevin, what is a good coach or what is coaching?
1: I was going to say, I want to just kind of take what you were saying. and I think it'll go right into, into number three here of you like to point out, you know, your life has this, this, and this, these are like the, you know, I've got kids. I have a job that is 12 hour shifts or whatever it is okay, those, those are factual things, mm-hmm. but does, do those things necessarily mean that you're stressful, that your job is a, or that your life is a high stress life. And part of the way that you sort of look at those situations put in front of you determines whether or not they're, they're stressful. Yeah. But if You're just coming around to like, okay, that just is my job. I signed up for that job. Maybe you're still at a point that you're thinking, okay, yes, I signed up for it, but I still feel kind of stressed out from that job. Then you need to train accordingly. And as you do some more thought work and some personal growth on, All right, this is my job and I don't have to see it as super stressful, then maybe you could, as you mentally release some of the stress from your job, from young children, from whatever it is, as you release that, maybe you can then balance out and increase some of the physical stress from yes. your run this is where just sort of shining a light as a coach is mm-hmm. is key and it kind of leads to the the third point here of enhancing taking what an athlete already has in their in their life and boosting up certain areas of it yeah. like where is it that you want to put your priority? What is it that you want to raise up in your life? Because it's tough to raise all areas simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So a coach really helps sort of guide of what is the priority. Let's take your life and make sure that we raise what is already good about you to the level that you're, you're a higher level that you're hoping for.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's about enhancing what's already there, taking what's good and making it better, right? Helping you see, okay, this is where you are right now. How can we improve that? And like, um, I like what you say there too, because that makes me think about constraint also, right? Because coaching does also help you realize that you need constraint in your life, right? Like you just said, you can't really improve all areas of your life at the same time. I mean, you kind of can, but that progression is gonna be a lot slower, right? So how can we constrain, how can we focus on one thing at a time and understand that there's always those residuals, right? When we focus on enhancing one part of our running or of our life and try to make that thing better, a lot of times the fallout is that a lot of these other areas of our life get better also right Mm -hmm. if we're trying to get faster we often get stronger in the process right but what are we focusing on right whenever i ask people I'm like do you want to get faster or do you want to run longer and they're like i want to do both and i'm like totally cool and we can do both but which one's the main focus right like because you will, if you train in the right way, if you train in a personalized way that's right for you, you can get faster and run longer simultaneously, but you need to know which one's the focus, right? Because when you choose one, your fitness will improve. Therefore allowing, so say you choose to get faster, your fitness will improve, and then you'll naturally be able to run a little bit longer without it feeling as hard.
1: Yep. Yeah, because you're you're not, if you, improve how fast you go at level 10, then it will naturally improve how fast level two is. Mm-hmm. So you could you're when you don't have to push yourself all the way, that pullback effort may then be a little bit faster along the way. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people that if you've always had very, very low mileage training, you go off for like 30 minute runs on a regular basis, just increasing that from a 30 minute run, gradually increasing that up to a 40, 45 minute run mm-hmm. may also have payoffs in your speed just because yeah. you're overall cardio fitness is generally improved. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to have payoffs in all sorts of different areas.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So that takes us to our next section that we want to talk about, which is our, the, the, the different types of coaching. Okay. And we've already hit on a lot of these topics already, just kind of in our speaking here. So we'll just kind of go through them briefly. Now there are some coaching, you know, that just kind of gives you a plan and people think that like, whenever like people hear I'm a running coach, they are like, oh, could you make me a plan? And I'm like, well, yes, I can. But that's like such a small part of what coaching actually is, right? Coaching is not just about the plan. And we always talk here on the podcast how there's not a magic plan. I'm kind of starting to like re-examine that statement because I do think there is a magic plan. It's a personalized plan. So there's not like one plan that works for everybody, but there is one plan that works best for you, right? Because it's about personalizing that plan to make it the best plan for you. But there are coaches that will just like give you a plan and just say do what i say, right? And if you don't do it, it's your fault. It's your problem, right? And people that coach that way or coaching philosophies that that use that kind of approach, it's like As the athlete, if it doesn't go your way, if you don't get the results, if you don't do it exactly the way that they tell you to, then you're the problem. And then you feel like, well, it's, it's, you feel awful. (laughs) It's really what it is. You feel awful, which is terrible.
1: Yeah. So if you can't follow the plan, it's your fault. But if you do follow the plan and you still don't get the results, the coaches over there being like, well, my plan works. So if you did the plan, you still don't get the results. There's just something wrong with you. Something wrong with you. It's that the plan wasn't personalized for you like Angie and I for to train for the same race that like if we were both training for a half marathon to try and run our fastest half marathon ever we would have very different looking plans yes because we are just literally different humans who have different systems that we would try and like optimize right even though we'd both be training for the same distance it would still look different because the way that angie peaks her body the way that i do mine would be very different so if there's a coach that's just like no no this is the magic pr half marathon plan it's not going to work for one of us Like, I'm not sure which one it is, but one of us is not going to get the same as strong of benefits.
0: Yeah. My body is more built for speed than Kevin is, which is kind of funny to say that because you're so much faster than I am. But like, when we talk about what I'm capable of with like my high end speed, like my Kevin's high end speed is still faster than my high end speed. I am not faster than Kevin at any distance. Right. But I just do I like speed work more than he does. Like Kevin likes a lot of like the tempo moderate types of workouts. I like the higher intensity, faster types of stuff. Right. And that's just what my body responds well to. And and your body responds really well to tempo stuff. Um, so like, like Kevin said, like our plans would look different. So the problem is not us. Like it, the problem is not me. Like if I followed Kevin's plan, it's because it'd be the wrong plan for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's something very damaging about people like, and there are a lot of like, especially like the old school coaches, you know, out there that like, this is their, this is their training methodology. And if you, if you don't, if you do it and it doesn't work for you, then that just means it's, it's your problem. You know, it's not the problem with the plan or the method.
1: Yeah. And so we see that a lot on uh, the coaching cross country down here. Some of the teams that have like a much bigger team. They just give the same plan to everybody. It's very difficult to personalize it. If you have 50 kids on your team or you a 50 high school kids that you're trying, that's like herding cats. So you're just, you're going to throw generally the same plan at everybody and it'll work for most of them, but there's going to be a handful of kids that fall through the crack and you're like, eh, well, the team's big enough. So we're still generally successful. Right. Okay. But what about that kid that it didn't work for? Now that kid thinks he's a terrible runner. Yeah. Like that's, is, well, and, is and that we've had coaches
0: and we've had coaches tell us this before, like straight yeah. up. Right. Like coach. when we talk to other coaches, they're like, yep. You know, I always have like 20 people quit the team because it just, it doesn't work for them or they get, they get injured and they're just like, oh, well, and that's just, that's my philosophy.
1: Yes, It's it like is. we,
0: it's there, it's, it's survival of the fittest that, and that's how some people run their programs down here.
1: Yeah, I'm not necessarily a big fan of the coaching philosophy of, well, I'll throw a dozen eggs at the wall and the one that doesn't shatter, we'll take that kid to states. Like it just, it seems like a dangerous strategy, especially when dealing with high school kids. But I mean, I think it's a dumb strategy to deal with anybody. Yeah. We got kids, people on our team in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. I don't think that there's ever a good strategy where it's like, I don't know, we'll just throw everything at you and see when you break. And then after you heal, maybe we'll just say, all right, so just a, a notch back from that. Yeah. Like, that doesn't seem like a great strategy. No. Like, It doesn't at
0: all. And this is the thing too. It's like, and we've had people come to our coaching program that used to work with other coaches. And that's, I've had people tell me this, like I was working with this coach and like, he was great, but like it was, it didn't work for me. And then he just told me that I wasn't following the plan. You know, it was like, I must, I missed a workout and that's why it didn't work. Right. So they were blaming the athlete for why it wasn't working when in reality, the coaching Wasn't doing its job. The coach's job is to help you apply the knowledge to your situation. Coaches that guide you to figure things out, right? That's kind of the other type of coaching coaches that help to guide you to help you figure things out, help you apply the knowledge, help you implement, and to also see what's getting in your way, right? Because we all know that if we want to be healthier, we should exercise and eat healthy. But why aren't we doing that all the time, right? We know that to get faster, we need to, you know, put in a mix of strength training and running and all these other things that you guys hear us talk about, but why aren't you doing that? right? What is getting in your way? And a good coach, a good coaching relationship will help you figure that out. What it the heck is getting in my way? Why can't I just do it? Why can't I just be consistent? And the answer is not motivation. Like we've talked about so many times, right? It's not that you're not motivated. It's just that there's something else getting in your way and a good coach can help you figure out what that thing is and then help you move through it, right? Because so many times you're too close to it. Like you can't see what's in your way because you're too close to it. And so many times you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so that's really what I think the coach's job is. The coach's job is not about just giving you a plan, giving you information. It's helping you figure out how all of that applies to you in your life.
1: Yeah. And then not getting frustrated because the athlete can't follow the plan. Right, Like that's, I, I, I would argue that that's kind of related to the football coach out there just yelling at their kid. Something goes, "Oh, they dropped a pass, great now it's ten sprints, yeah, that's not fixing them catching the pass right. like. They drop the ball so make them sprint. Well, how about they drop the ball? So let's teach them how to line their hands up better so that they won't drop the ball as much in the future. Instead of getting them exhausted, now having them do the exact same thing. They drop the ball. You didn't teach them how to hold their hands, but now they can barely even run down the field because they just sprinted. I bet they drop it again. Like yeah. that's that's the coach it's- just trying to grind in the same thing over and over again.
0: And it's why I hated running. Like <laughs> that is why I hated running in high school because it was punishment, right? And it's like people and this is why so many runners like they want to get better, they hire a coach, they look for help and then they're they're discouraged because it's not working for them, right? Because you're working with the wrong person you know that's really what it comes down to and i'm not trying to like knock or bash any coaches out there i'm just saying that there are different types of coaches and so there are certain coaching relationships that work for some people right you might be the kind of person that just like just tell me what to do and then the coach gives you a plan and you do it right that's so that kind of a coach might work for you that someone that just makes a plan for you but for so many of us we need the coach that's going to help us see where we're missing, right? Help us figure out what is going on, help give us the tools and the strategies and the application and implementation to figure out how this all works in your life. Because we see our job as coaches to help you feel like you're in control, help you feel like you have the power to make the progress that you want in your running.
1: Yeah. It's the empowering coach. It's the coach that doesn't need to be there. Like I I forget which podcast I was listening to, but the, the host of it has a bunch of coaching clients. He goes, I used to, when I started, I would wake up in the morning and I'd be sending text messages to my athletes on the morning of the race. He goes, last week I had four athletes that had races and I forgot that a couple of them had a race. Because I didn't need to, they didn't need the last minute. Like, Oh, here's the last minute motivational message. Here's that thing that you have to know on the morning of the race. Yeah. They've learned it. I've explained it to them. We've gone through this over the last two Mm -hmm. to three years of coaching relationship. They know what to do. I'll check in with them later. I'll check in with them on Tuesday after they raced over the weekend and say, Hey, you know, because they're, they're in recovery mode. We'll check in with them. We'll, we'll discuss how the race went and then we'll build from there. They don't need this last minute thing. You know, I teach algebra to kids. I don't don't show up in their class next year, still giving them the answers to algebra stuff. I teach it so that they can then apply it to future classes.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point. And like something that we didn't really bring up as much, but like coaching is not just accountability either, right? Like coaching is not just knowledge. It's not just accountability. It's not just someone sending you a positive message and checking in with you and making sure that you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing or making sure that you feel good about it. It's giving you the tools so that you can do that for yourself.
1: Yeah. I completely agree. The whole idea that a coach, isn't just the accountability partner, like a coach if they've really done a nice job of creating a whole team, you create it like an accountability environment yeah. more than anything. It's not that like, Oh, well, I better do this. It's on my schedule. Otherwise coach will get mad at me. Mm-hmm. Like if that's the relationship that you're working with one, we're not your coaches. Cause that's not where the energy that we're bringing here coaches should sort of help foster this, uh, sort of, self-empowering feeling of I'm going to do this because I want to, because Mm -hmm. this is what's going to help me grow to the next level. So I I should do this not because if I don't, I did something wrong, but because I've decided that these are the steps that I'm going to take.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think it kind of goes back to the idea of like a coach is not just a cheerleader either. Right. right? And like, I think that that's where a lot of people um, think that a coach, that's what people think a coach should be. Right is, is a cheerleader. And they're just there for accountability. And there are some coaches that are like that, right? They want, they are there to tell you that you're doing an amazing job and you're awesome and you can do it and like pump you up with all the positive things. And there's a place for that. Right. And I believe that cheerleading is part of My job as a coach, but a a small part of it, right? Like that's not my primary role as a coach. Other people talk about accountability, which is, you know, one of the things we just mentioned. I'm really glad we brought this up because the coach's job is also not to keep you on track, right? Like it is your job to keep yourself on track. The coach is there to help you figure out what's getting in your way and then actually deal with those things, right? A lot of people think that they need motivation or they need somebody checking in on them. Like I had someone come to me and ask about coaching and they said, I need somebody that's going to meet me to run. Otherwise I won't come and get out the door. And I'm like, then I am not your
1: person, not your coach. Right.
0: I am not that person. I don't want to be that person. Right. Because it's more than that. If you, if, i take on a coaching client that depends on me to get out the door then it becomes a crutch right i don't want it to be a dependent relationship i don't want people to have to depend on me as a coach i see it as my job to make you independent right to actually teach you the knowledge how to implement it, how to apply it, but then also be there to help you troubleshoot and problem-solve because things are always going to come up, right? We're humans, we have human brains, things are always going to come up. But if you are dependent on me, either whether that's for a plan or for, you know, just to get out the door well, I have to do it because my coach says so, or my coach is gonna see that I'm not there. Like that's kind of like level one of coaching, in my opinion, right? Level one of coaching is like that accountability and that cheerleading. And then when it's you start like the combination
1: to, of like, it, there's, there's the cheerleading on the woohoo, everything's going great. Yeah. Or the drill instructor on the opposite of like, True. you have to do these things because that's what the plan says. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, uh, it says five miles. So I have to do five miles. I mean, my knee acted up at two miles, mm-hmm. but it said five. So I'm going to grind it out. So the coach isn't mad at me. Yeah. The drill instructor of do the exercises because that's what it says. And the mm-hmm. cheerleader that just says you're great, no matter what you do. Yeah. Neither of them are really helping you achieve higher levels of success. Well, they're superficial, right? Yes. There's
0: it's it, that's the more superficial level of coaching. And when you go deeper and you can actually help your athlete find out those hidden things that are keeping them stuck, that they can't see, mm-hmm. that's where the power all lies. Right. And I always tell our athletes, like, this is not me. Like, I am not the one that you should think. You're the one that did this work, right? Yeah. Like, you're the one that digs deeper. You're the one that's trying to figure it out. And even if I help you see a couple of things and kind of point a couple of things out, ultimately it's you still taking action and doing the, the things that you need to do to overcome those
1: obstacles. Yeah, 100%. The coach can help uh, sort of see the things that are in a particular athlete's blind spots. Yeah. Like, I like running ideas past you Mm. because you spot things that I tend to ignore, that I purposely try to ignore. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That was my blind (laughs) spot. Oh, I should probably not ignore that thing. And you help highlight that, oh, you're ignoring these super critical aspects. And I know they're critical. We tell our athletes they're super critical, but we all still have our own blind spots. Mm -hmm. And so having another set of eyes on it that helps illuminate the areas that we try to ignore and just lets us know, hey, you're ignoring that area. Like That's super helpful.
0: Absolutely. And that's why I think that you and I work well together as coaches, like, because really we are each other's coaches, Yes, you know, like one of us is more, you know, sh- more strongly, like you are more strongly involved in the actual training plan creation of things, side of things, right? Like got a little
1: bit of the engineering aspect, to the it.
0: science, right? Like in that part of, of like actual um, running performance and those kinds of things, I've got the physical therapy side of things like with the, the strength and that kind of thing that we build and then all of the life coaching and personal development and mindset and brain rewiring all that stuff. I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we work well together, but that's one of the things like with coaching and this is like any good relationship. It's like you help me see things that I might be missing and I do the same for you.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's really what a huge aspect of it is. And the coach knowing what role they need to play at any point in time you know uh when i when i got into coaching there are times that the the athlete just needs cheerleader there Mm -hmm. are times that the athlete just needs sounding board not not sounding board, than coming back with a correct answer for the situation but just sounding board Mm -hmm. like that's super important it really is it's a very it's a close relationship Mm -hmm. that has some back and forth where each person involved in it whether it's coach towards athlete or athlete towards coach each aspect of this relationship is really gaining something from it if all you're getting is coach decreeing everything. That's everything going one direction. Eventually the coach gets burned out.
0: Yeah. Well, and then it also made me think when just listening to you talk of like the criticism aspect of things also, right? Because there are a lot of coaches out there that just kind of point out everything that you're doing wrong. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of like the make you feel bad in hopes of you changing way of trying to go about behavior change. Yes. Which does not really work.
1: No, that's not really the the best option for work.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same thing with parenting, you know, like it's, it's with parenting. It's like, are you constantly pointing out what your kids are doing wrong? Are you constantly criticizing their actions? Because that's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember like necessarily what it is that they did but they're going to remember the criticism they're going to remember how they felt yes because they did that yeah thing. they're
1: certainly going to feel that that emotion of i did something wrong yeah even if they don't necessarily tie to exactly what that specific thing was <laughs> one of the ways to make your athlete feel the most empowered is to feel that they are in control of the outcome it's mm-hmm. the complete opposite of that yeah instead of pointing out oh you did this wrong you did that wrong you did that wrong that's why you didn't progress the athlete needs to feel in control so that they themselves can say, I did these things well, I did these things not as well, how can I grow? And then chat it up with the coach and be like, this is what I think I excelled at. This is what I think I did not necessarily excel at. Yeah. And just in that conversation, you're going to reveal some blind spots and be like, this is what I think I didn't do well at. And the coach is like, actually you crushed it in that area. Did you consider this angle? Like that's really where the coach comes in.
0: Well, and so many times, like, I always like to tell people that like, there are so many times that you know what to do. You just need to kind of run it by somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I always tell people like, you already know what you want to do. Like and this, this goes for like my friends even too, right? Like my friends that are like, you know, there's drama going on in their life and they come to me and they're like, I need help. I need advice. And so I just sit there and I listen, I listen, I listen. And they're like, what do you think that you should do? And I'm like, would you already know what you want to do? You know
1: exactly what you want to do.
0: Like how many times in our lives do we already know what we want to do? You know what you want to do. So many times you just don't want to admit it to yourself or you just can't see it right you think that there's like this wall up in front of you when in reality when you, when someone else listens to you they can see exactly how you're thinking about this yep. and they and exactly what you want to do you're either too afraid to do it or you don't realize that you already know
1: yeah i mean they cuz they don't see the invisible wall that you put up between you and the obvious yeah. decision mm-hmm. like they the coach can help you see that there isn't a wall there that that's, that's just it's it's invisible. It's a, a mist of cloud. Just walk through it. the decisions on the other side and go for it. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So how do we want to wrap all this up? Like what's What do we want people to take away from this episode?
1: You should get a coach. (laughs) And
0: And, and it might not be us, right? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So like, I don't want, we don't want you guys to think that like, you know, we're definitely like pushing the coaching. Like it might not be us. We might not be the right coaches for you. And that's totally okay.
1: But it might be us. But it
0: might be us. Yes. (laughs) But like having a coach is like the the benefits that you get from having a coach are really incredible.
1: Right. So in the world that we currently live in, we're certainly in an information surplus finding answers, being able to, you know, listen to, you're listening to a podcast right now. There are plenty of books. You can Google anything Mm -hmm. like coach Google would give you all (laughs) sorts of different answers for things, but a coach helps you kind of help guide you through all of this information maybe help you figure out which piece of information might be more useful to you yeah and then help you apply that best and then you know as you experiment they help you kind of look at the results to the experiment without that like prejudged notion they're able to give an outside perspective mm-hmm. on this so you know get a coach they're super super useful if you're trying to what level up what's the better word for level up enhance enhance improve your ability of anything yeah. if you're trying to level yourself up in any area I like level up Coaches are super, super critical for this. Rather than just gaining more information, get a coach that helps you figure out how to apply that information.
0: Coaching is the fast track, really. You know what I mean? It's like if you learn and then you, if you're the type of person that is an action taker, right? You learn the knowledge, you put it, apply it. You learn the lessons, you modify, you adjust, you move forward, right? So you can do all of this yourself, of course, right? Like we said, the coach is just there to kind of help point out some blind spots that you might be missing that you'll probably eventually come come across. Hopefully you'll probably eventually realize (laughs) them, right? Like maybe yes, maybe no, but the the coach kind of like gives you some ideas, gives you some suggestions and helps kind of like fast track your progress by kind of removing some of the things that might be getting in your way that might, you might not even realize are there. Mm -hmm. So yes, we believe that coaching is a fantastic investment in yourself. Um, whether that's running coaching, life coaching, business coaching, health coaching, lots of different types of coaches out there. Um, and if you guys would want to work with us, we have our Real Life Runners Training Academy, which is our group coaching program. We also offer one-on-one personalized coaching. Um, I offer... Uh, one-on-one packages that we can, you know, talk about like what's actually getting in your way and really get down deep to, um, the source of all of it, because that's really what I believe the coach's job is, is like getting to the source. Okay.
1: So if they're listening, when this podcast comes out, where do they go to get to our team? Uh,
0: if they want to join the academy, you can go to realliferunners.com forward slash academy. Again, those doors do close on Thursday, May 19th. So if you're listening to this afterwards, Um, even if the doors are closed, if you guys are like just hearing about the Academy for the first time and you didn't know about it, even though like we've been talking about it kind of all week last week and this week, (laughs) I don't know how, I don't know how you would have missed out on it. Um, but if for some reason you did and you're like, I need to get in that, send me an email. Okay. Like we want to be here for you guys. We want to help you guys out. My email is angie at realliferunners.com. Okay, very easy to find me. Um, Send me an email if you guys are interested in some level of coaching, or if you're just like, you know what? I listen to the podcast and this is interesting to me. I would love to just hop on like a 10 to 15 minute discovery call with you. And and we can see, you know, is coaching something that's right for you? Like you guys can, you can tell me about your situation, um, what you're looking for, what you think you might need help with. And I can let you know if it would be a good match. Okay, and I definitely do not tell everyone that we would be a good match. I will tell you that
1: that is very true
0: <laughs> because, because it's, it's, it's a waste of time. If you're not a good match with somebody, it's a waste of time for you, for me, for all everyone involved. And that's just not what um, is beneficial for anyone. Right. So, but as always, thank you for listening to this podcast. We appreciate it. If you found it helpful, share it with a friend, share it to your um, story on social media, make sure you tag us in that. And we will talk to you guys next week. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number
1: 252.
0: 252. Now get out there and run your life.